You're listening to A Different Human Dimension, a podcast about ADHD and general mental health. This podcast was produced by XYZ, EcoCIC, and Flow State Music. This podcast may contain strong language, so if you've sensitive ears, please switch off now. Pilot episode of this podcast was recorded over Zoom and Skype, so bear with us for the audio quality. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just email xyzcic.scott at gmail.com. Without further ado, here we go. Mornings, and welcome to a uh, different human dimension. There we go. That's, uh, we're starting a podcast. Finally, we got around yeah. to it. Like. <laughs> There's me really going, like, conversation skills written down in front of me going, wait, count to five, so I don't talk too much. And there I am, like, one. <laughs> So we should probably explain like a bit about who we are, uh, Chris. Like I'll, I'll I'll let you go go first. It's, it's all about ADHD. This podcast. Um, so yeah, Chris, like fire on, man. Well, I well I'm I'm now forty, but I went to get diagnosed at thirty-five. So that was five years ago now. But um, yeah, so I pretty much. Yeah, I want to pass on my story of that because I'm guessing a lot of people out there's probably going through it or went through it or even went through it younger but might not understood it at the time because um, a lot of the intervention I found all they gave me the option was pharmaceutical. So when I dug deeper into that, there was other options and that's where I'm at, like five years and still trying to get access to simple support and yeah, I mean structural help where functions a 40 year old man on his own but um yeah so um yeah i went to go and find out why i was acting differently at 35 yeah uh, and uh, um yeah 40 i'm still asking questions of yeah about why I, yeah simple things yeah so it was like yeah because you got so it was like diagnosed with adhd and mind you because i've not i've not i would probably say this i've known you for what five or six years now um just in like a yeah six or seven years now yeah probably is actually it's, keep forgetting it's like 20 uh, um, but yeah, yeah I know. like you were saying as well like with like ADHD and stuff just like growing up from that you kind of knew there was like something a bit I don't know used to, not off just a bit like you know like different I, I, I questioned things from about 13 definitely but even looking back from 13 I was like alright I kind of missed out that bits of school or I missed out what people were doing and that I didn't quite get the same thought process as what other people were doing I kind of, kind of, I kind of understood it myself by then that I was definitely different so a lot of social masking came into by then so you, you kind of I, I, I know what it was like in primary school compared to what I was in high school completely different I know you go for puberty all that stuff but there was situations that I definitely um, yeah with drew from and didn't deal with until well later on um, until like 18, 19 I mean my first girlfriend really was like at 19 like, I mean properly so it was like I, I was a workaholic from like 13 onwards so I, I, one thing I was good at I could do I stuck to and that was like a lot of my mum's work was do with theatre and arts education stuff so my head was stuck in there and I just stuck by that what I was good at for seven years until like pretty much I had a, a uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, someone my age, she was a year older than me, but saying, Chris, this is a wee bit kind of, yeah, I mean, but I do look back in that, but yeah, I learned a lot in that five years until I was 24. But again, I just jumped from relationship to relationship after that to kind of um, function. Um, 
that's a that's a trait I learned later on that when I looked at the 35, the circumstances through diagnosis kind of not saying led to it, but made made my depression and anxiety much more. Um, because I know I'd suffered it twice before um, in my, my teens and in my twenties. Um, but again, social masking and all that stuff. You're a guy. You're around other guys. You're supposed to be. Well, that's it, I mean, isn't it. Like, it's, what's the, the old phrase? Like, I don't know. Like, you used to get told to man up all the time when you showed like any fucking emotions. So it's like, it's, it's yeah. I've heard that plenty of times. Like, I remember, but I, yeah, I do remember. Like, um, yeah. Um, yeah, getting told the yeah. When you, whenever you cried, it was like you know, no, make sure you know that, and it's like you don't do that, and you don't do this, and situations, and you're like, but that's someone telling you how to behave. A lot of my my, my background, I've been working with children and adults with special needs and learned differently. So again, I was in work situations and social situations where my social masking wasn't needed as such because I was still me. I was just Chris. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it's uh, that's what I was gonna say. The reason why a lot of my questioning came up is because I questioned things since I was younger, and then when I got older, I still questioned this not the same the same fundamental things as well of just why people were doing things, not what they were doing, but why were they doing it, and they would ask another question after a question. It was like that, but that I realised socially it was unacceptable um, as a grown man, kind of. <laughs> blurting out things in the middle of conversations and you kind of learn that from being a you would have your partners around you looking at you going giving you a roll of the eyes going oh and I was like oh right I'm not supposed to say that do you know what I mean uh, I, I would realise that or I would have certain friends that would just go alright oh, but I wasn't being aggressive I wasn't being angry I wasn't being rude but I was just asking maybe a question people wouldn't ask socially yeah. uh, well I would say socially the social norm um, but I was just inquisitive um, and do you find that you notice that amongst your friends group? Yeah, you realise that when you watch a lot of your peers um, act differently. And I had lot of, seen a lot of people from high school that since for about ten years I'd been moved away, moved away different places and all that stuff. But when I arrived back, I could see the change in them and their just their lifestyle and just their, their pace, just the everything there. And it was actually a couple of guys a year or so younger than me. And when I was 35, now this is the bit that, that, that got me to go for diagnosis. I walked in a pub. I won't know many names in this one, right? But I, <laughs> I walked in a pub and a few people had not seen, seven or eight people had not seen for a few years. I was like, oh, they're here or they're there. And everybody could recognize me still. Yeah. Now, but I walked in this pub and, and I, I, I got a pint and I was just standing there and I remember I'm 35 at the time and I'm standing there and there's people from different age groups from like high school but they're, they're all do you know what I mean they're going grey they're going they're like a bigger waist now and all that stuff right now there's another bit there I'll tell you in a moment about losing weight because I've lost a lot of weight over a, a short period of time but the, I was arrived in here and I could see these guys looking at me and I was chatting away and one of them said Oh, I used still a bit, and you can see what I'm doing there. He kind of flickered his eye out to the side. Yeah, kind of, okay, uh, a bit twitchy, like a bit, <laughs> a bit glitchy, a bit glitchy, kind of right. And I was like, "Well, oh, I don't know what you mean." And then basically the other three of them were around him. I knew one of them from school as well, and him. And there was another guy I didn't really know, right? But I was chatting away to them. Ten minutes later, they were like, "Chris, you were just like what you were like when you were 15, mate." And I went, "What do you mean?" I went, "You can go to the doctors and get stuff for that." Though. So I was like, "What do you mean?" And I was like. I mean, you're just like you're talking like you're like 
I mean, like I'm talking right now. I talk a lot. I don't realise I'm talking a lot. I'm going. I'm realising I'm talking because I can see myself now in the video clip. But uh, you're talking like you're on damage. You're talking like you're on speed. Yeah. And I said, well. I don't know, I'm just talking like I do, because I, I, I did a lot of my work, I was taking classes or groups of kids or birthday parties or clubs or a lot of different things that were like high energy and all that stuff. Yeah, I was still doing it. I mean, I, as so, well, you know? Yeah, so I, I didn't really realise what Cam was, right? And um, But this guy was just like, you're, you're like, you're, you're on something, mate. Because like, the three of us and two of them, right? One of them was a neuroscientist and one of them was a neurologist and the other one was a sports scientist and they're all in the 30s they're all doing their profession but they all said to me mate we're on base tonight and you're going faster than us if you're not on anything tonight you're still like you were when you were 15 and I went I, I mean I was honestly confused because I would not seen people that I knew when I was younger for about 10 years really and yeah. I was like right I, I thought I was excited and I was, I was like and I went outside and I was chatting away and I was chatting away to some other guys I knew better at school and they were like oh you've not changed a bit Chris like, and I went what you been? and it dawned me a bit more but uh, these guys they're all medical professionals well within their I mean they've all sort studied science and that they're all in their 30s and they all looked at me like I was I was the hyper kid in, like I mean in fucking high school well in yeah. primary school like the kid you would go right Horrible. get him and relic uh, so I was like, Coker's feeders well, <laughs> or something, but like, well, I just got my two kids sorted out. Well, they're like, like, wait, I mean, they were both like, like 12 and no, 11 and 11 and 14, 15. I mean, they're both like old enough. I'd really brought them up for nine years. I'd started a business. I was knackered when I worked in that pub. I was going for a quiet pipe, saying hi to folk. I was yeah. not hyper. I think I'd smoked two joints as well. Before yeah. I moved in, Do you know I mean, two blunts. I walked in and yeah. just went, ah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's like I was using them like covering the cigarettes because I was off cigarettes then. And I walked in and these guys thought I was on, like, I mean, stronger stuff than they were. So you mentioned about going to get seen at the doctors. How did that go? Now, a couple of weeks later, I'd seen them over a couple of weeks, a couple of them over the time, over the time when I'd been back in the city, and I'd been going to the doctors for other reasons, for like family reasons and all that stuff, right? But I'd been visiting the doctor, and I could see the doctor looking at me in a certain way, kind of, because like, I, I, I rabbit on. But anyway, these guys, pardon me, um, these guys went and, these guys went and um, said to me that um, you should go to the doctors because there's like stuff because what you smoke like there's stuff the doctors can give you these days that they make you camera mate if that's what you are I think you've got like you're on the spectrum somewhere mate so I booked an appointment separate it took about three weeks to go and see them and it was drawn on from that first night I met them in the pub and a couple of weeks later I'd carried on talking to them and they'd seen what I'd smoked and seen how I'd like I was cycled and I did all my like all the stuff I did they're like mate you really should go to the doctors mate they could probably help you so they tell, told me I sat down with the GP after three weeks like, I sat down with her and she looked at me and she was like right I've got this survey here to go and um, read you through and just answer the questions and I did best I could well I, 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 was, well, I could have I was completely frank and honest because I mean I've been sitting there for the last four months going in and out doctor's offices for several family reasons Right, and um, now, so I was aware, I was just completely open and frank with and she went, right, I'm going to refer you to the community healthcare team here, because I think you should go for a diagnosis. I think you'll be on ADHD, autism, Bob, 
and she had a couple on her list of me going, whoa, 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 a second here. I was just thinking I was maybe having a, like, yeah, I mean, when my mates had said this to me, I think I was like midlife crisis. Yeah, I mean, I was 35, I don't know. I was going, what is this? And I was like, no. She was referring me to this, but they said it would take me 10 months to go and see someone. Right, so I was like, right, okay, in the middle of this, I was running a business. I think I knew you You knew this point. And then basically there's a short, sharp, long story short, basically, I ended up over on the West Coast seeing a doctor over here, a GP over here, uh, knocking on the door and basically going, look, I need to see someone because I'm now not staying over on the East Coast. I've got this appointment, it'll be another three or four months' time, at least five months' time. Um, I, I need to see someone in the mental health team because I know there's something up, but there's like something I'm, I'm dealing with the depression, anxiety, or like I'm not in a good place on top of, I've got an underlying thing the doctor said to me a few months ago, I really want to understand what I'm dealing with. And did you get much help from the doctors? So the GP, um, again, name names or not, no, don't worry, there's a public service ombudsman into that there. That, um, this GP, she went and said, because I wouldn't say I was suicidal, mm. had, I had to go and stand out in the reception of the GP's office and basically have a mental, like have a, an emotional breakdown, crying away on the reception phone, but she wouldn't phone them herself because I wouldn't say the word suicidal. Now, so, I she, was that, so she made you call someone like a specialist in the actual doctor's office? <laughs> No, 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 not the doctor's office. Out in the waiting room in the reception area. Yeah, like in front of everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't have a mobile phone or anything at all, and I'd stand there. So this grown man stand there, and I mean, people in the waiting room look at me. Now I was conscious in this phone call, reading out the things I jotted down from the doctor in Edinburgh, saying what I'd been referred for mm-hmm. to this person at the mental health team. Because I eventually got through to a number like this person on this, and that guy, what a legend. Um, he said, look, I can hear already. This is not a crisis one. This is a community health team. I'll come down and see you tomorrow exactly where you are and I'll book an office for you. Um, he came um, at 11 o'clock the next morning. I was, that night, I did not sleep. I was up and going, right, how did I tell the time? I was like, I didn't have a phone or anything. So I was like, listen out for fucking all sorts of things. Mad, 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 mad night. Um, like, yeah, I had all my, my stuff for my business in a garage, a big lock-up garage, which I also had a mattress in, so I'd slept in there, but there was a clock up on a tower, church tower up the road from it that I keep on going out and checking. <laughs> it was going down. for the time check, so sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I knew, knew I would get woken up by like the noise of things around the in the cars going and that, but I made sure I wanted to be there by like 10 o'clock, I'd be there down there. When I arrived in that office, the guy was like, right, and he could see straight off that it was this guy that now I look back, this guy with ADHD, autism, mental health, I mean, uh, as in total underlying issues, trying to explain a situation he was in and going through that bit. But see that guy, he said, I'm going to put you onto the referral team here. Now, it took them another, I ended up moving into a homeless shelter at that point, um, but it took them another four, like, took them over four, like three to four months, me seeing the team up there to go and diagnose me through to go right you've got ADHD just like that and we're going to offer you pills and that was the only options they would give me now the whole bit there I've got the whole what's happened in between that to now but that was in the first four months of diagnosis but 
when I, when I read up on ADHD, when the psychiatrist said to me, I went, right, I'm going to read up on it. It always usually crossed lines of other things. So that's why I asked him, can I get properly diagnosed? Psychology, psychiatry, can I see? Whew, that was 18 months of fighting through a system. And I mean, I wouldn't stop rabbing on about it. Do you know what I mean? I had nothing else in my life to go and take care of. My business shut down. I had no house or home to look after. I had no family. I just went for this year and to find out this at 35. So that I know how difficult when you see the, when I started reading the articles and hearing articles about seven or eight years to get diagnosed, all this, I'm like, holy shit, that's because other people have had to go and, do you know what I mean? Work for a living, come back in and that. Well, they wrote me off because on top of that, I was suffering from depression and anxiety. Now, that's something separate from underlying conditions. Now, if they could help me actually with with the likes of what we'll discuss over it, the things I, I can see that what helps myself and hopefully we hear from other people and what helps them, non-pharmaceutical routes, because I know pharmaceuticals is a last intervention with things, I think, but really honestly, I would like to see some of these parents take these tablets before they give them to their kids and see how it affects them. The pharmaceutical, like route itself you know especially within like you know within the nhs and kind of the way it's geared towards there's the the mental health services are really stretched thin and some of them just aren't really good so as you say like they'll just they'll they'll just pump you pharmaceuticals when you look at them after five and a bit years of fighting through this system that's supposed to be there to go in when you're you're lowest ebb of mental health because everybody's got their mental health to look after their lowest ebb of it you knock on the door you ask for like that that assistance they say we're not going to help you first of all they say they weren't going to help you until you're suicidal and then on top of that all they'll offer you is pharmaceuticals it's because you can make a profit out of the pharmaceuticals now it's not the doctor's fault but a lot of them have been trained in ways that they're only looking at in a way of how can we intervene with pharmaceuticals not holistically how can we look at this can how this way because a lot of these kids are screaming and shouting there's a whole element i want to do a whole talk about that but it's because they're screaming and shouting because they're trying to understand an environment that's not meant to be do you know what I mean? Yeah, especially like for kids as well. Like you know, as you say, like holistic stuff, not just like fucking pharmaceuticals, but doing things that are creative, like and you know, like exercise and shit like that, like yoga and like all that stuff that you don't well, have to take. Well, it's different way to go and express yourself. Now, as a, as a, as an adult, I can say myself for nine years, I tried to almost like step into the reality world of right. I supposed to have two point four children sit there, married life, and live this. You can see my ex and blah, blah, that that I, I changed a complete, I, I mean, I worked for six years for someone for the first time in my life at 26. First time I'd ever worked for anybody else. Other like, I mean, I had a couple of hotel jobs and all that stuff when I was younger, but the rest of the time I'd been working, do you know what I mean? It was mental for me doing that. But that few years, it was, they like, condensed down to work, weekend, uh, all this, no, I just couldn't get it. I was bursting at the seams all yeah. the time. But, but I had to do something different. But I've had that for 40 years. I don't know how depressed I would be. Yeah, uh, well, that's it. You've got to. I'm kind of the, the same. Like, I've, ne- I've been lucky enough to never. I've, I've had one proper job. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I say a proper job, like a nine to five. And I've always found a way right. to, like, work for myself and just hustle money and, like, get by. I'm not, like, loaded or anything to, like, get by. Because, like, that's, you know, but, especially but, when it comes but, to mental health. I've been in a dark hole, but I've been trying to access support and services that's supposed to be out there to go and support us. Um, 
that weren't there. Um, and that's where I said, right, well, well, at least we can get a platform to express ourselves. Because I said to these guys, and I said to these guys, the psychiatrist, psychologist, I said to them five years ago, look, what you're telling me, I've got to do something what I did back when I was 17 and form a creative environment where I used to, I used to run an art centre over, over in Edinburgh years ago as well. And, um, yeah, so like the, they're basically saying the that... I, I said, that's the kind of place I need. And you're saying there's nothing out there for that. All we can offer you is pills. Or start it all yourself and do it all yourself, but you're there for getting help with your mental health anyway. So it's just like 99% of people wouldn't do that. All they can offer you for mental health, right? All they could offer are on paper for adults with ADHD until 2018, March 2018. All the NHS they could do, and this is down in England, like the nice services, the nice ones, but Scotland follows suit. All they would do until 2018 was offer pharmaceuticals. That's why they refused me to go and see psychology until two, after 2018. I was diagnosed in 2015. You have so to wait three years unless you're not going to take... All my appointments for the psychiatrist was sitting there going, look, where am I see psychology? Oh, I put you in a waiting list. And it was a local. They used to come from from Edinburgh, see me over here and go, oh, are you still here? Are you still not seeing anybody yet? I went, no. I would phone up their waiting list. Oh, you're not in the waiting list. And I would just be fobbed off the system, round and round the system, because on their, le- on their what they would do for adults for that, but they changed that in 2018. This is two years on. Right? Yeah. More than two years on. And... The access to the psychology bit. There's a whole other rigmarole over here. I've, I've so I eventually got out to see psychology. Right? Yeah. And I sat there with them, and they were sitting there. Well, how traumatic has been for the last couple of years going through diagnosis? They reckon I should go through the complaints procedure to get a bit of closure. Oh, yeah. That's, um, a whole that's a whole other years. They're okay. sitting there, and I'm saying, well, can you not put me on cognitive level therapy? I've read this up. I've researched this up. That's what. Yeah, but we've got no way to refer you to you. There's no services over here to go and refer me to. Now, I sat there for two odd years going through that psychologist going like that. I met a partner during that period of time. There's a letter I'll let you read out and see. see that there. She read it was like a typical living with me. And it was, do you know what I mean? It was, uh, yeah, I'm happy. She said she was happy sharing that as well. But as an ex-partner, we were together for a good few months. She went into a few um, uh, meetings with me, the mental health ones, with professionals there. And she was shocked at the treatment they had me. And again, it was all down to, why aren't you taking your tablets, sir? She wanted to write a letter and she wrote a letter of complaint to them as well, on top yeah. of the one I had there. And it was like, this is a grown-ass woman that's like, no, she's, she's, she mean, she's, she's balanced, she's good-minded, she's when she does well for herself. She's sitting there and, and she was like, this is shocking. And I went, yeah, honestly, I've been doing this, you've been going through this for three odd years. I ended up going private to see cognitive therapy, which this guy was really good with me, helped a bit, but the pressure of the affording that, I couldn't afford it. Yeah, so for this podcast, we, well, Chris is part of loads of different kind of ADHD groups on Facebook. We decided to write a repost and ask people from just the ADHD community, I guess, like what we should be chatting about. Like, and there was hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of people that just like commented in all these groups with, with like loads of good ideas and loads of like really touching stories which we'll be chatting to some of those people over like the next couple of episodes but one of them that came up was kind of like life hacks and things like that so Chris for someone that's living with ADHD you know it better than anyone like <laughs> what do you have any life do you have any life hacks well no I was going to say when you say no I know better than anybody for me 
right? So every, everybody's yeah. got ADHD. They're, they've got their own wee bits and pieces. Eh? But when when you asked me this, Kyle, I, oh sorry, <clears throat> when you asked me this, Kyle, when um, the the bit when you said about life acts, the first thing I came in my head was alarms. Now mm-hmm. I've not been a massive like adapting to phones straight off and all that stuff, and I was like, yeah. Anyway, way off a tangent, but was having alarms on my phone. Okay. Or times, it's, it's more about the timing things. It's, it's putting things into blocks of things. Like you've done that, you get that done. You get this done. Do it's, it's like we don't have that lineal um, filter on our heads. I think I don't know how to explain it as an adult. Like you guys just do goes right. This is this. Uh, it's see, see in my alarm. If I look to my phone right now, which I can't because we're, we're, we're using this to record and so on, right? right? But the on my phone there, I would go through from like this morning. I would have woke up. It was like get Buddy out. That's my dog. Right? Yeah. Um, life hacks, that's one, get a dog. Right, okay, um, they, they watch, um, befriend a dog, at least befriend a dog anyway. Um, but the, that's the best life hack for anybody. Um, but the, the alarms, the, um, is like I've got Buddy, then I've got like myself, like to, to feed myself. Like, now I do need to slip a couple more in there. Now, I used to have one with someone I met online that was good friend and 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 about a relationship there we, we chat away and we both had ADHD she had Asperger's as well and we were we were um, going through this and we tried to help each other with alarms this joint alarm system thing like but yeah. we're both in different times so it was quite difficult too but it was just even like brush your teeth um, have a shower and these are things I've not got on my list yet because I'm living my own and these are simple things I don't get a chance to go and talk to someone about these are things that the CPN used to help me with and all that stuff which I don't have that support anymore um, but even if you change a slight bit of your life your your whole filter can go but you can readjust it from readjusting from seeing these alarms these, these it's like calendar it's like it's just reminders to do yeah. stuff basically it's see yeah. when you think oh well school and timetable must work and you're like well look it doesn't that's for the masses yeah. and our timetable might have to make smaller chunks and different sizes and different shapes and it makes sense to us it might not make sense to you but we'll get A, B and C done through maybe going through X, Y and Z and right, right through all these different things in the alphabet so we know why A, B and C is there and why we're getting A, B and C done right um, but the, the alarm bit there, it keeps me in track even day to lunchtime. I go, oh, I've got to lunchtime, I better eat. You know what I mean? I've been hungry for ages, actually. And yeah. I went, all right, I forgot that. Because my head might be, my body might be telling me hungry, but it's not falling into my brain that I'm supposed to be getting the food ready for myself. Now, listen, I can't go, right, life hack, have kids around you. But see, when I suddenly had two kids in my life, at two and six, and I was like in my mid 20s, just suddenly, bang, two step kids, that there, that chaos in a way, with all that bit there, that structure and that, I was like, wow, it's made for this. Do you know what I mean? But before that, I've been working through schools or working through the educational systems of not being able to function in them, but I was functioning after school things, or I was functioning um, the birthday, well, birthday party to a lot of them. Um, but again, your timetable, your regiment, and these things, you think it's chaos. I've done 10 birthday parties a day, both days of the weekend for like, Years, right? I've done over 7,000 birthday carries, 25 kids coming in, hour and a half, well, I happened to get regimented to go and food and all that stuff. That wasn't chaos for me having two kids in the house. But it's like more see, of a schedule to from. See, living on my own, that was chaos for me, right? So if I put, actually, I'd put an alarm for doing the dishes, like get them done in 15 minutes. You, you, yeah, you know what I mean? Constant Set these things. It's these 
constant reminders and things. The phones can't help, but then you're, they become stressed about worrying about your phone. So I would say I need to get something different that's not my phone that's just doing timers for me that I can set them for. You, you put it like in a really good way. Like once you were telling me, like your brain is like twenty-seven different fucking brains within it, just making different thought patterns. And I'm sure people with you know can relate. Like if, if you if you imagine this one here, right? With the doctor, something like this. There's, there's one quote you can get from different ADHD sites and that. They say there's oh, 23, 25 TVs and that, right? One of the psychiatrists said to me, Chris, an average your brain's going about twenty-three times faster than the average brain. Now. If you imagine how delicate and how intricate the brain system is and all this wiring is and people suddenly can learn languages and all these different elements people can have and all these different things. Now, speed it up. And you've got to try and filter out what's coming out of my mouth right now, right? And I've got to filter out that. So I understand the chemical balance before. It's completely different. Because what I'm on sitting here right now, I'm medicated on THC right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting here right now so I can coherently make sure I'm concentrating this thing right okay um, and it's that there's helping me concentrate but it's not not dumbing me down to one now that's yeah. what them methamphetamine hydrochlorides the the, the, the crystal, well, one crystal chemical degree I might be slightly wrong with that but almost one chemical degree away from crystal meth that's the, the, the it was Concentrix L I'm not trying to advertise for them but Concentrix L they, they gave me that and high dose of that there now it made my brain go down to one brain like as in as in you guys on the, you know, you're, yeah. it right. numbed me like that way there but it made me feel like equivalent of remember I hadn't taken any of this stuff until I was 35 it made me feel like I'd smoked like a really heavy stone of a quarter or something or like a really heavy drink of like Guinness like you're really like drunk it was like really down to like lineal kind of thought and it was wow I was like for me at 35 I was going to go I just went through a divorce blah blah blah, I was in different life circumstances I'm sitting there going well this could be dangerous I could be on this every day if I wanted to right but I could function as in people could tell me something I'll go and do it right I'll go do that but I wasn't functioning like me no one recognised people would think I was like drunk or stoned or stuff on that stuff drunk or stoned they would have thought I was drunk or stoned on that stuff I, I wasn't me now I understand when I've had THC I'm down to about five grains going at once but I can cope with that see when I'm not and I'm trying to do something lineal right without someone else in the house or someone else around and that's where the dog comes in handy too I'm chaos to myself it's like them I'm sure if I'm trying to do dishes I can end up starting getting the washing machine done then I'll start away from the counters and and next thing I turn around and go the water's got cold from the dishes because I'm upstairs hanging curtains I was supposed to do two months ago do you know what I mean it's that ridiculous things that as an adult you just add to the more spinning plates to the spinning plates you can cope with but the more you put on it we can deal with more chaos but remember our cam might be that but your cam might be that but we still need a recharging point now sometimes that comes from some sort of do you know what I mean a creative release in some way do you know what I mean uh, it has to be found to have that balance um, this is one of the outlets me talking you can, can't always make up your mind where your where your competition started and finished yeah and you yeah, get muddled yeah, so when I was um, coming across to 
to to yours and you were like you'd made some like soup and stuff and like things like that and but like as you say like living on your own can be quite difficult just by way of the brain can't remember someone came round to drop um like some logs off um for the garden or something and then i knew as i knew you'd forgotten <laughs> but like leaving things like just the soup cooking away living oh on your own. you totally reminded me of that now see so see that there if I fixated on that one there, I would cook again in my own house. Yeah, you know I mean, you tell them what I did. What did I do? I Basically, ran outside, don't get pallets yeah, yeah. in or something in for the garden. I'd left, fucking just soup bubbling away. But I'd, I'd noticed, so I went and stirred it and like served it up. But like if I wasn't there I as well, like, you'd be on a gas stove though. On a gas stove. Yeah. So I, like... I, I was a bit out of fucking wonder wonderland out in the garden. Going, this will measure up well, and I yeah, forgot the soup like was on. The, 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 the sort of like tangent thing as well, right? So like, if you you just things crop up and then you just forget like what's what's happening like beforehand, you would have remembered, but it's like oh, shit, like <laughs> you know. But like, that, like, the, the kitchen's burnt down. You know what I mean? Um, smoke alarms went off. That you know what I mean? These things here. I've, I've I've run the bath over a few times. Not in this house. Not in the the, the old house because I had a flat downstairs as well. But this is a wee two bedroom house, so I've gone upstairs. So I'm well. I always set alarms when I'm running the bath. Now, but see the bath upstairs, you can ask my brother or my mum on that. I must have let overflow about four times on that. Like, honestly, uh, yeah, comp- I don't even know what I did in between. I might have started playing a computer game, the SNES or something. Yeah. Oh, right. way off with that. And, and then next thing you you you're sitting downstairs having tea and that, and, the, and it drip, drip, drip on the dinner table, and we're going, look upstairs and go, Chris, did you run a bath earlier? <gasps> And I'm running upstairs like at seven o'clock at night. I started at like a four o'clock or something. When I came back from playing football or something. Do you know what I mean? I'd been running for hours. Do you know what I mean? But it was like there was a couple of bathrooms in the house. It was like that's the thing. I'm glad there's only one bathroom in this house because I, I, I can time running a bath. But it's stuff like that you don't realise when you've got when you've got other people in the house though. They'll go, "What are you doing there?" All right, do you know what I mean? There's always interaction. Yeah. But if we're in tri- a triple setting, if we're in triple setting. People would remind us, oh, by the way, you got around that. <laughs> I mean, if we're in tribal settings. But we've been taking that away. The community settings have been taken away in that sense. But boot is in a setting of, this is a sterile environment. For me, it's a sterile environment living in a house. I'm not built, I'm not... Yeah, I'm not there especially on your, off, like, Especially on your own as well. Like, if, you know, like, it'd be quite difficult. It's, it's mad. Exhausting. Yeah, that's just... I, 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 I can find myself getting to like six o'clock at night, and I'll get the one good thing I've got. One thing I've got in routine over here is got a guy that walks his dog that gets along with my dog, that walks every night um, at least once a day. He'll take the dog over to the same park I do, so he'll give me a text. It's like seven o'clock or six o'clock most nights, right? But see that there? I'll get to that bit of the day and go. Oh my god, I've got that fucking far in the day. Fucking thank fuck for that. Have I fed myself? Have I got that done? Oh shit, I've not had a shower yet, have I? Shit, I've not had a shower. Do you know what I mean? And then I'll go for the shower and think it's the start of the day again, right? It's, it's, it's these kind of strange sensations you do. See, we're brushing your teeth. I want to find a way. This is something I'm going to find out for some people. They've got calming toothpaste. Right? It doesn't taste the lavender and all that stuff, right? Because the, see, the minty toothpaste in the morning totally wakes me up, right? See if I do that at night time. I'm so scared of brushing my teeth. I want to brush my teeth. But see, the teeth brush is a nightmare for us guys because it's a big weakening sensation. It's a big sensation. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but see the bits there, numbing yourself on these pills. I would like to see people go and take these things because see the next day when I woke up off, off these pills, you woke up like we have never had a hangover or a come down in your life like it. It was like a bag of cement had been poured in my head. Right? 
and I couldn't function without them then. Now, that's the scary thing for me. Highly See, addictive. I, I was on for three odd months onto them. It took me eight months to come off them properly. It was horrible. Now, you can imagine putting your kids on some substance like that. How about you take them yourself first? Okay, and I was 35 before that was the only thing they would offer me for three years, and they still haven't offered me non-pharmaceutical intervention. I mean, cognitive therapy, therapy, anything at all like that sense, right? And again, my first appointment with the the, the psychiatrist, I was sitting there, and within 10 minutes, was, how are you feeling? Went, you know what, I don't think I've slept for a month, I don't think. I've been through a lot of things. Big, big up people in the family, all this stuff, right? And I was like, look, I don't think I've slept for a month, mate. I could do with sleeping for a week. And I went, right, and before he said anything else, he started writing on his pad, and I thought he was writing notes. No, he pulled it off and went, you can take that to the chemist when you go today. And it was sleeping tablets. <laughs> More pharmaceuticals. Before we'd, and he knew I was there to go and start doing the diagnosis with ADHD. Just pump pharmaceuticals to you. Well, that's it. profit, isn't it? I said I could because I said because I said I could do with sleeping for a week. I said I don't know if I've slept for a month. But I could do with sleeping for a week. And his answer was, "There's sleeping tablets." Like with yeah. no, nothing like that. I just went there. We go. That was the start of my journey getting diagnosed. Now, thank goodness there was a, a, a nurse. He wasn't a psychiatrist nurse. That downstairs in the um, the homeless shelter. Now he said. He said, and he was a legend there, and I will give names in that sense. My whole thing, I'll print out and do that, no bother at all. But he said to me when he knew I was going to be going through, he said, Mate, I'll make an appointment every morning to come down and see me if you want, because I think you'll need it, mate. Because what they'll say and do with you up there, it'll leave you questioning a lot of things. So you'll always be able to come down and see me in the day. I'm like, Cheers, mate. And I didn't realise how much that meant a lot, but so much meant that saved my life over that like four months. Um, yeah, because he knew like the kind of system and like how it fucking oh, works yeah. already. Like. And, and, and there were a couple of good people here as well. Who worked not for the council, but for a charity for the council that basically taught me what the benefit system was. This that, and another, and basically, if you put someone's brain like mine. I'm going to find the flaws in it. It's not find the flaws in it, to use that, but I brought these up with them. And, and I see the assessment system I went through? Hell on earth. Now, the complaints went up that, and I wasn't out to go and complain. I've never been in benefits in my life. But sitting there and taking that from me, that from me, and that from me, as in what the doctors told me that I would never kind of get, I wouldn't get, and I wouldn't understand. Not as in benefits, not as in drugs or that stuff, but how my brain was functioning. God, that left someone at my age going oh my god yeah I can see why I'm not, I can't drive I can see why I don't drive I can see why I don't do you know what I mean I've, I've done this I've risked that yeah and I don't read I mean I, I can't read and write properly but, and then they sat there and go right there you go there's lumps of paper so these two people really helped me going through that stuff there but it took me finding a private landlord to go and get the first flat I got there um, to get the help kind of in place with the CPN there helping me get to the appointments with the psychiatrist but the psychiatrist keep them fobbing me off when you're not seeing psychologists there's pills and I went right and eventually I said right I'll take your pills to a certain extent but that yeah was I mean off. that's something that kind of came up a lot from these groups as well was like a lot of touching on the kind of pharmaceutical side of it and like being being diagnosed and, and whatnot we'll probably go into that like in, in later episodes because we want to get some people on from these these groups because some are like really interesting stories and stuff like that you know so yeah, like the pharmaceutical thing as well you know you've had a bit of a shiter with it and a, a lot of other people have especially in the uk yeah, so that's what you're saying, life hacks. So I want to keep the ups. It's easy. There's ups in this as well. There is ups to ADHD. 
intensity. But again, a big factor is it's about having a creative environment. Yeah. And that doesn't mean paint brushes and all that stuff. I mean, there's a lot of things. There's one one story I do want to, and we'll hopefully get them on. And it was again, there's different elements people are excelling, right? And people look at like like. I mean, your Phelps and all that stuff, all these famous names and that, but there's a young guy, there's a young guy going uh, doing go-karting, right? Uh, okay, and again, I don't know if we're using names or not, but it's like Jensen, Jensen Jewett, uh-huh. or his dad, his dad contacted us, basically, and, it, and there's a story there that we loved, like, if you see that there, he's found the environment of that, the speed, the bit, the, the, that bit there, that's a release. Now, at the times when I was younger, I had a theatre company, my mum was, like running, you know what I mean? I was around art centers. I had this creative release. Then you put this in a sterile environment in schools, and of course I'm going to run riot. Of course I wasn't going to accept the the way things are. You know what I mean? But they just thought, oh, you know what I mean? They did challenge on certain bits, but but again, back in the day, my mum was in denial. Well, that's another whole point of this as well. See later on is how families can deny access to support through denial of the actual conditions themselves. They yeah. may have taught their adult child or like their child right way through to adult lessons and like that. It's their adult it's their adult children that may actually recognise it through friends and other siblings or other relationships or fallen relationships because they don't see what's behind closed doors or they don't see things away from that emotional contact they've had so close to them when they've been younger and they've been socially conditioned. Not, not nothing wrong with that, but socially conditioned to socially mask. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and then taking that further forward in life and just having people not really understand your situation, so then you've got to socially mask and kind of move on that way, you know? But also the thing is, see if you pharmaceuticalize that kid, right? And there's so many stories, I hope they're out there, people will tell later. They pharmaceuticalize that kid, when they get to 16, 18, whenever they get the choice to take them tablets or not, and they come off them, what's left... Yeah, yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, as you say, it numbs your brain. Bad story. Bad story. Sometimes it will help chemically balance that kid throughout their teenage years or whatever, but it's like chemically castrating the person. But see, when that person's released, I wonder how many stories, because I know personally quite a few stories from people around, not from myself, because I didn't take them when I was younger, but see the ones I know that have came off them and they became dependent, said, oh, I got over my ADHD. They told me I, got, I grew out of it. It's not an adult thing. And then later on in life, they're dependent on drugs, alcohol, coffee, work. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're all these different things, but believe me, they're not balanced. Yeah. Because they're yeah, yeah. balanced themselves through a different thing. And a lot of them will be through methamphetamines and cocaine and all that stuff as well. You'll learn a lot of people out there will be doing that or did that in their 20s, maybe into their 30s. Remember, there's different chemical changes that happen to see as well. What happens is, right, is we'll have them later. Okay? It's like kind of later yeah, on, yeah. right? So my chemical balance might be at my teens still, right? Right? And then what will happen is. My, my things in my adolescence in my 20s may not come until my, say, my 50s or 60s. Yeah, you know I mean? But that's what I was saying. I've watched some of my peers grow older in ways that I have not, and I'm still going, hey! Do you know what I mean? Still yeah, yeah, all yeah. hyper. Yeah, for sure. There's lots and lots of good stories. I mean, even after we posted in the groups, Chris, we had so many people get in touch huge broad age range as well of people from you know three four five and, and six years old with their kids being diagnosed with ADHD all the way to people up in their I think we had someone in their late 80s uh, being diagnosed with ADHD as well so lots of stuff to get through there but yeah, as you say you know it's it's a it's a very broad age range uh, they say hereditary and all that stuff as well there's a lot yeah. of 
the terminology didn't come around till the 80s and 90s, right? But there's research done out there now that they can look into kind of historics of it. There's some relation and hereditary to this. Um, and it, the difficult conversations people might have had with parents once they get diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Because some parents, I've read some stories out there that have came, not just back to us, but before I, I contacted you, Kyle, when I've been reading up on it myself, um, before like the, the Facebook groups I was in, and one of them, I'm sure, yeah, I'm going to call out here if someone's out there, that they actually got diagnosed from taking their, 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 their grandchild. Their grandchild went and the the parent uh, was liaison with the grandparent and the grandparent ended up getting actually diagnosed at the same time yeah that's pretty mad yeah Yeah, I mean it was like it's not just skipped a generation but the parent got diagnosed and the grandparent at the same time because again the terminology wouldn't have been out then so there'd be three generations diagnosed in one go one go of a family you could see the traits there eh um, uh, I mean, people probably would have seen in their grandparents or their parents or somewhere there. There's one of them that are like, and I remember there's three. When you say ADHD, it's just, it's, the, the, there's attentive, inattentive, and combined. Now I've been diagnosed with combined, so it doesn't mean that I've. Yeah, it means a, a brush between the kind of both of them there. But there are stories from both sides that will be frustrating for the other sides as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what, uh, what what here because some people diagnose with ADD or ADHD because America they say different terminologies but see when ADHD comes it comes in different many shapes and forms so you'll have people that are a lot quieter than me with ADHD because I could be a lot quieter too I will forgive myself for that but um, but the the watch called the the watch called the other ones are there that they will be silent and then burst yeah you know I mean. Yeah, so that's us coming up to what forty-five minutes on the on the podcast. We should probably, I guess, we should probably stop chatting and uh, let people get on with it. <laughs> like, I'm, 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 yeah, I might be known for waffling on on that, but yeah, I, I, a couple of things I just wanted to hopefully tie up well, a wee bits. There was, um, it's not just like a lot of people hear ADHD and just go, oh, it's the little hyper boys in, in class, get them in Ritalin, or they see them having the tantrums in the like, well, say supermarkets or whatever. Um, it's not just a little boys thing. It's in all different shapes and forms. So we want to hear the perspective from like all genders, all ages, all backgrounds. Because um, the female perspective of this is a big thing as well. Um, to go and get a chance to hear the voices of as well. And obviously myself and you, Kyle, we, we can't really speak from that point. So no, um, no. hopefully we can get some of the community we're, we're hopefully building through um, talking about these things. Um, we can share some of our experiences. And um, through that, we're, we're trying to organically see how the format of this will grow and um, we hope to have some some music and um, input from you guys as well of um, from your life hacks to your stories as well um, some interviews and all these bits and pieces see again I'm waffling now um, but yeah um, I hope to see you next time and like if in doubt happy dance it out yeah spot on so we'll see you guys next time and as Chris says the whole whole point of this is to sort of foster a, a community and sort of chat about mental health and specifically ADHD on, on top of that as well but yeah thanks for thanks for listening guys yeah take care and if and out happy dance to out
You've been listening to A Different Human Dimension, a podcast about ADHD and mental health in general. As I mentioned at the start of the show, though, you can email xyzcic.scott at gmail.com if you want to get involved in the podcast. And thanks to all the guys that commented on the groups we posted in, and we'll be getting you on for guests and chatting a bit about your experiences with mental health and ADHD as well.